0: Welcome to Day by Day Podcast, brought to you by Michael Umebwani and Kevin Ramey. We thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been a long time coming, and we are so grateful to share in this experience with you. So sit back, listen up, and enjoy Day by Day Podcast, where we talk about real life experience with real people. it out I've been taking it day by day I tell myself get out the way I'ma let you handle it somehow you've been working it out even when I'm letting you down all I feel is love all around really yeah. that's a all right all right welcome to episode two of the day by day podcast yeah yeah kevin and i'm joined by my good friend michael
1: yes sir welcome welcome how was your week bro
0: week has been good man this has been a short but busy week and i'm thankful for a couple days off um because it has been busy at work how about yours
1: i've been basically I don't know. Going to the gym, relaxing, reading up on some stuff, and just you know, taking it easy, man, day by day. Because next week the grind starts again.
0: Mm. I know all about that, man. Well, I'm glad somebody is enjoying some rest. <laughs> it's well deserved, man. Sure. Um, just listening back and thinking about episode one, and then jumping into today's topic really just wanted to build on the idea of storms and how we kind of define them and then is there purpose in that struggling or is there purpose in difficult situations because i think you know it sounds good to to talk about how you overcame but what is the purpose so when you think about like hardships that you've experienced do you feel that there is purpose in struggling
1: yeah, I 100% man. Like I think so there are different different ways of looking at this. So I'm going to I'm going to go to basically the the way that most people actually understand. I'll say for an example, if you're exercising or lifting weight or doing any form of physical activities, it's not usually fun when you are doing the activities, right? For an example, I actually enjoy lifting weights. So normally when I'm lifting heavy, it's not fun, right? Even sometimes I'm afraid of even pulling up the weight because I'm worried about, I may hurt myself. Something might go wrong. It's my form 100% correct, right? So those are the things that are in my mind, but I will still go ahead and lift that weight, knowing that in the end, if I'm capable of lifting those weights and performing properly, that I might actually gain strength, power, resistant to injury, right? So if I were to apply that to my regular walk, my regular daily activities and all of the struggles that I've had, all the storms that I've experienced, the same goes for it, right? And the same way, when I'm going through a storm, sometimes I don't think that I'm going to overcome. Sometimes I don't think things will change. And I'm saying this fully believing in who God is. I think sometimes when my storm starts, I don't know what to do. I get anxious, I panic, I ask what's going on. I'm like, God, are you still here? Hmm. Have you left me all by myself? So I have all these questions and all of these things going on in my head. But at some point, uh, with, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm able to just kind of like stay focused a little bit. Then that peace aspect comes in, right? And sometimes, like you mentioned in the last episode, that doesn't mean anything is changing. Yeah. So I go through the cycle whereby I am in a bubble of the unknown, but I can also see light at the end of the tunnel. What ends up happening is that when I am actually able to stand firm mm. with the help of God and overcome whatever it is that, I'm, that I was dealing with, the next time something similar or even something more difficult comes through, I'm like, yo, I've experienced some difficulties. Mm. I know what this feels like. He may not feel the same, but I kind of have an idea what it will be like. But it's, it's not only that, too. I also know that the last time it happened, I panicked, but God never left me. So if he didn't leave me then, he will also be with me through the second episode. Yeah. So in that sense, my faith, I wouldn't say my faith gets really, really strong. I feel like I'll add another drop. Right? What what did I say? The mustard seed. So my my, my mustard seed grows maybe a little pinch. Right? Maybe a little pinch. But that's how I see it and that's what I've experienced.
0: No, that's a great great analogy, man. And when I was thinking about this, I was also thinking about just my work experience because I just finished working, like my work week. But at work, and I work in a children's hospital, we have, a lot of seizures with kids. And I remember the first time that there was a seizure called and there's like a specific alarm for seizures. And then everybody rushes to the room. As someone new to the floor, I was like, oh my gosh, what did we do? And I was amazed. I saw everybody, all the nurses, all the doctors, they were moving quickly, but they didn't look panicked at all. And so everyone went to the room where the seizure was at, and someone took charge, it's usually the nurse who is at the bedside, whose patient is having the seizure, or whoever's closest nearby, and then she starts to delegate roles, someone get suction, someone start on vital, someone make sure, you know, all these different things to make sure the patient's okay. And usually the patient ends up being okay, thank God. But I was just so amazed at how calm and how efficient that process was running. And it made me really think about just experience, you know, that only can happen having gone through that experience. And so now, you know, after having a little bit of experience, while I'm not the most, you know, expert or senior person there, I'm not as, you know, panicked or flustered when that happens. I'm able to go to the room, you know, I'm able to kind of assess, see what needs to happen. And that translates to life. You know when you think about relationships when you think about jobs when you think about just difficult things that may happen in whatever form that you're in those difficult times start to build up a reference that you can then recall in a future event and like you said with a faith in god having that be your foundation that reference point is solidified by knowing that hey God brought me out and brought me out of this situation in the past. He got me through, whether it's difficulties with family, difficulties on the job, not having a job, whatever. Um, and you feel that sense of support in the next situation that allows you to feel secure and know that there's no need to panic. Yes, this situation is very significant and it's very real, um, but there's just a sense of security. I think that's super cool. Yes, sir. Talking to other people, you know, it might not be as common to have this point of view.
1: Absolutely. Have,
0: have you talked to other people? I mean, just people you know. and
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like, I guess it depends on stages and whatever it is that that person is currently dealing with. I, I think... I think perseverance, uh, it, it's not something, it is something common in our society, but it's not that common, right? In the sense that recently, I think it was actually today, we had the shooting. <laughs> I don't even remember where it is, but it seemed like every single week we are having shootings in the United States, right? Yeah. So there are two things that happens when, you know when we hear about the shooting. One is that we we'll lose hope regarding something changing or things improving. The other one is that we get used to it and we'll go ahead and say, this is exactly the way it is. Nothing is going to change. I'm just going to continue to live my life, right? So you have people that are currently dealing with things that they have actually given up hope and they are saying, this is my normal. This struggle will never change. Nothing will ever improve. So you go into this spiral of hopeless situation, which is the opposite Right. This is the opposite of having peace, because, again, having peace doesn't mean that the situation is changing. But you believe that over time you will overcome whatever it is that is going on. Hopelessness means that you don't think anything is changing. You don't think things are going to ever get better. You are just saying that things are going to remain the same or even get worse. Mm. So You have people that are dealing with this and they don't know how to get out of that cycle. Whatever, whatever whatever, it is that is going on, it could be a shooting, it could be the society, they just go ahead and complain and complain and complain and complain and complain. So it's almost like they are not growing or learning from the situation, but it's almost like the situation has put them in this place whereby they feel like there is no way out, right? But you also have the other people on the other spectrum too, whom I will call the always- always hopeful, mm. meaning that they are constantly hopeful, they are very optimistic, but they are not dealing with the situation either. So they go ahead and say, hey, everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be better. But deep down, they are not necessarily sharing what their struggles are. You know. So I've seen people that I've done, hit out one of those whereby like, yeah, every, everything is great. I'm like, but but this is not great. right? That's not great. I think it's also okay for us to share the things that are not so great and the things that we're looking forward to. But I often find people falling into super hopeful, super optimistic, but not realistic, and people that are totally 100% hopeless. The whole world is dark. Nothing is ever gonna get better. So yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that is a super important point. And thinking about that, man, because even people, it's amazing to see people who claim to have a background in faith or who claim to to just believe in God and um, have such a strong, you know, expressed belief in God. And then either one or two things can happen. I've seen people get crushed by situations and start to panic, become super flustered. During situations that naturally should evoke some kind of, you know, stress response. But, you know, the faith that you would assume would be there to kind of help be a source of peace and comfort doesn't bring that for them. And then I've seen other people, just like you say, who have this faith but don't seem to be um I don't know living in a reality to where they their faith is almost it appears artificial and it's hard to appreciate from outside looking in because it's like you know are you really even acknowledging the significance of this event that's happening, and yeah that's hard to relate to as well um then looking at the Bible, I was really drawn to the story of joseph and He is someone who was born into a situation where he was just held in such high regard in his family um, because of what, I mean, the backstory of to why he was held in such high regard is a whole nother story. But, you know, that created the situation to where he was favored by his father amongst his other brothers and sisters and that created conflict and here was this person who didn't really experience any kind of difficulties he was then thrust into the most difficult situations where he was sold into slavery and in slavery he was you know unjustly accused of a serious crime of rape and then he was then thrown into prison and so when looking at that story and that kind of character arc what do you think i mean how do you find purpose in that how do you find purpose in you know whether or not your background allows you to come from kind of comfort and privilege or whether or not your background you have a lot of struggle and then you're kind of cast into a lot of struggle um how do you find purpose and what do you think god is trying to grow in individuals doing situations like that
1: i think i think it's difficult uh i'm I'm gonna be just very very bluntly honest. I don't necessarily know exactly how I would have believed I would have behaved excuse me if I am Joseph <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean because we have to actually think about what this man went through uh sold by his brothers finally went to, no he was supposed to be killed then sold. Yeah. Once Egypt get, gets accused, locked up for years. Uh, I don't know. I, I think for me personally, it will be a very difficult situation. But uh, if I were to pick up something that Joseph did, that I would like to continue to actually do in my personal life, is Joseph never shied away from his struggles. Uh, he never said, everything is wonderful. He never said, everything is good. He was complaining every single time to God, whenever he had the opportunity to complain, he was also very obedient to God. Even when he doesn't really know what the full picture looked like, uh, he was faithful uh, in the sense that, I mean, Potiphar's w- uh, wives wanted to sleep with him. <laughs> Imagine being a vibrant, what is it, 17, 18, 20-year-old Kid and you have a grown woman uh, Your hormones, first of all Your hormones are raging right? Then you have a grown woman who I, I would probably say she's very good looking She right? was
0: probably fine
1: Yeah, throwing herself at you You are a slave You have this opportunity And she's throwing herself at you But you also refuse to sin mm. I mean you, you 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 have a solid foundation And, and I think I think Joseph didn't actually have that. He didn't have that foundation from the get-go. I think the fact that he was actually supposed to be killed and he didn't die. He was also support, he was also sold and he was locked up in prison. I feel like all of those activities that happened prior to Potiphar's wife's situation actually led Joseph uh towards uh developing this resistance and this faith to be able to say no to a beautiful woman who is also. You know, the secret and commanding the whole family. So I think if we're looking at the story of Joseph, we're looking at a man that every single step he developed strength up until the final episode of the Israelite actually joining, the rest of his family joining him. You see a man who was struggling with God, struggling with his faith, struggling with every single thing that God said about him, but he never stopped believing in who God is. And I think for me, that's the key point. No matter what it is that I may be experiencing, no matter what it is that I may be dealing with, including those things that I'm yet to deal with, the foundation is, do I believe in the God who is my peace? Because if I do, I don't have to know the whole story. I don't have to have the whole solution. I can complain to God. I can vent exactly how I feel. But that shouldn't deviate me from staying in God's will and being obedience to God.
0: One hundred percent. And I think that's super important, especially for people who believe in God, whether you have believed in God for all your life, or whether you are, you know, just now starting to believe in God, believing in God and, you know, knowing the hope that we have in him, but also realizing, hey, That does not mean everything is going to work out. Honestly, more times than not, that means that there might be situations that you find yourself in that are going to be uncomfortable and you're not going to know why you're experiencing them. And having these kind of biblical examples and references that show that in these situations where stuff is happening and things are going wrong, there is still purpose and you can still hold on to the hope and the faith that we have in God. And I think that is exemplified even more um, and underlined in the story of David. When we look at his calling with Christ and the, the kind of prophecy that God put over him, but then he went on to struggle so much. And so here we see, you know, they were looking for a new king and, you know, a wise man went out and searched among a family to find who this king should be. And long story short, but God had him choose the youngest brother who was not like the most good looking or the strongest or whatever. And he was proclaimed to be king. And when you think about that, like that's such a huge life changing, significant event. And most of us have put into that situation would feel good, happy, and just blessed that, Hey, I'm about to be king. Things are about to be just awesome. And the moment he was declared king, that because of the, I guess, insecurity that that put into the current king, you know, the lame duck king that was Saul, Saul was just filled with jealousy, with anger. And he began to try to kill David and if you can think about just what that means, like the idea of just receiving this huge blessing. So translate this for us, you know, you could be promoted on your job, you could receive a raise, you could be newlywed and be blessed with a great family. You could, um, your stock could have just shot up and now you have, uh, you know, thousands of dollars of earnings that you weren't expecting. And so you receive this great blessing, almost attached to the blessing is a season of trials that don't just last overnight, but that span months, maybe even years to where you're persecuted almost because of your blessing. What do you think about that? I mean, how how do we, Cause that can cause, that would almost cause me to question, was I really blessed or?
1: 100% bro. And ask
0: God, why did you even give me this in the first place?
1: 100% dude, 100%. Like, what do you do with that? Right? Because just like you were mentioning, he was told that he was going to be a king, the next couple of steps, he was running from the king. So, Kev, it's like someone showed up and said, hey, Michael, you're going to be, I don't know, president of the United States the next couple of months. I am in Mexico running away from the United States because the current president wants to get me killed. Mm. Or, for an example, someone said, hey, Michael, I'm going to give you $2 million. The money was already sent into my account all of a sudden, my account is frozen. Mm. I don't have a dime to spend. Mm. I mean, (laughs) let's bring it home. Let's bring it home, For the home. Case, an example, someone showed up. They said, hey, you know, people are dealing with, what is it, student loans nowadays? (laughs) Like, yo, I'm going to pay off your student loan. They just paid off your student loans, right? But right now, after they paid off your student loan, you lost your job. Mm. And your job was paying you I don't know, 100 a year, and every single person in your family depends on your income. Mm. What would you do then? What would you say then? How would you react? Would that shake your faith? Would you even believe in the person that you had that conversation with? Mm. Are you going to ask, hey, what's going on here? You know what I mean? And, and that, that's the beauty of some of these biblical characters. They were real, man. Yeah. David is like, God, what's going on here? Like, why am I running? Mm. These are your promises. Are you going to fulfill them? Are you just going to let me hang about myself? Right? But the beauty is the same thing. He struggled. He argued. He worried. He asked God questions. The key point is that these guys, a, a lot of these characters didn't go back to you know making accusations or complaining to other human beings. they took every single thing they had in their mind, every single struggle that they had, they laid it right at in, 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 right at the feet of God yeah and they're like, God, you have to deal with this situation with me hmm. And guess what? It took years, man it took years yeah. before God answered David's prayer. It's not even a prayer. Before God fulfilled his promise to David, yeah. it took years. So think about year after year, David asked for the same thing. Year after year, David ran from Saul. Year after year, David is like, God, when are you going to fulfill your promises? Yeah. Year after year, I am not supposed to be in this situation. Year after year, I am running from my own people. At some point, this man was living in the land of the Philistines, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like living with your enemy because the people that you're actually supposed to rule rejected you. Wow. But man, when he actually had an opportunity to get some kind of payback, I don't know, man. I don't know about you, Kev. (laughs) I would have said God gave me this opportunity. When he had opportunity to kiss Saul, dude, like each time I read that story, I'm like, yo, David, you're a better man than I can ever be. Yeah. Because, because in the world that we live now, think about this. Someone fired me at my job, right? Mm. Decided to fire me just because they feel like they can do it. Two years afterwards, I got promoted. Now I'm the CEO of the company. Mm. I have an opportunity to do them harm. Mm. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to just let this go. Because God put them in that situation. Nah, man, I'm going I'm to let it go. That's exactly, I mean, I mean, even my position, being a CEO is even better than the position David was in. Yeah. David was still running david was still powerless david had two opportunities to take revenge and david's like now i'm gonna let god handle this and the question for me as we're actually talking about this am i letting god handle some of my struggles some of my situations some of the things that i feel like i should avenge for myself am i letting god handle it Cause that's just a lesson that I don't think I've ever, even I, I started thinking about this when we actually started talking, am I letting God deal with some of the situations that I'm hovering all over wanting to fix it myself? Mm. Am I faithful enough to say, hey, I'ma just complain to you, God, but the rest, I'll leave it on your feet. I'ma let you handle it. You Know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. man.
0: No, that's, I mean, It's it's powerful stuff, man. Powerful, powerful stuff. Because when you read that story and you know, and you kind of make it real and you see the significance of the struggle that David was in, I mean, literally fighting for his life, literally sleeping outside, running away, um, literally being chased by people who were trying to kill him on a daily basis. And then you juxtapose that, you contrast that with the Psalms. And so at the same time, David is writing these beautiful songs to God, you know, praising his name. But at the same time, like you said, keeping it very real. There's a couple of Psalms, there's more than a couple of Psalms where David is asking the question, Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Oh God, why don't you smite the enemy? Um, he's questioning God. And I think the beauty of that dynamic between David and God, which is very true for us and God as well, is that God allows us to exist in conversation with him during difficult moments, especially during difficult moments. So when we're stressed out, we have biblical examples that you don't have to keep it you don't have to fake it. You know, the Bible says God knows our thoughts. So you might as well keep it real. And we have examples of David keeping it very real, you know, expressing his frustration, expressing his just the stress that he's under, exp- you know, telling God what he wish, wishes he would do. And, you know, then, you know, a couple of chapters later, he's praising God. then he's questioning again, and he's praising God. So we see the ups and downs. And we see the very real realness of what it means to exist in relationship with God. Um, When I think about this, man, and I'll be transparent with kind of in my personal life, my wife is a is a resident. And um, it's a hard life, man. And so, I think it parallels this exactly to where, you know, for a lot of people and for her getting into med school was like the biggest thing that she could ever experience. And she was so happy to get into school. It was like, you know, the answer to her prayers. And then med school is like ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. And you get out of that. And then residency is like the worst thing that's ever happened. (laughs) And it's like attached to this great blessing is years and years and years of struggle that eventually will get her to the the place of promise that God has spoken over her life to be, you know, just a, a leader in healthcare, but attached to the so to speak, prophecy is struggle. But eventually we know these struggles make her a better clinician. It's gonna give her a great reference point to where she'll be able to perform at a high level. And that sounds good, but when you're going through 24 hour, 26 hour, 28 hour call, when you haven't slept in days, when you have a patient list that never ends when you're getting yelled at in front of other people in the workplace, when you're short staffed, how do you, how can you remember God's promise? And so to me, that just lets, that gives me hope. And it, it it reassures me that remembering people like David, remembering people like Joseph, when you have literally been blessed with the, promise that could be you know getting into school that could be getting this raised whether that's having a child beautiful things attached to them could be struggle but we see that in the struggle god never leaves our side he allows us to talk to him and he grows with us throughout it all and it's just it's encouraging man
1: yeah bro like dude I just want to touch on a little bit of some of the things that you actually mentioned uh, by your wife, who we are so happy. She's almost done with this. Residency and fellowship is right around the corner, which we're all excited about. But what I hear you saying, though, it's maturity, man, right? It's like maturity. There are steps to it. Each step, you have to get over the hurdle. But that doesn't mean you don't talk about how you feel when you're going through that huddle. That doesn't mean you don't share with your family, your loved ones, and especially with God, right? Because that's the one that you can take anything and everything to, and you don't have to be ashamed. Mm. Uh, But that's the beauty, though, because even in that whole process, you're getting refined, you're getting reinvigorated, you're getting inspired, you're taking the good, the bad, the baggages that comes along with it, But even because I I think when we think about baggages, we often think baggages are bad. Well, it depends on how you shift your baggages, right? Mm. Because those baggages might be things, even though they may be pulling you back or you're developing strength as they pull you back. It's almost like having a heavy load on your back. If you've carried a heavy load up a mountain before, do it a couple of times. If you keep on taking the same load up the same mountain, you're going to notice that you're going to be climbing even faster. So because we have, we often have these negative connotations that when you have a baggage, it draws you back. It stops you from moving forward. No. Sometimes some of the baggages are there to actually strengthen you, right? But the key word is that are you connected? Hmm. Right? Are you connected? Are you connected to the person that can modify, change those baggages so it will be a blessing for you? Hmm. Do you have a family that supports you? Do you have a community that supports you, right? Who are you interacting with? Do they inspire you? Hmm. Do you have givers around you? Or are are you surrounded by a bunch of takers, right? Because all of those things matters a lot. David had God but David had people that were also there with him, right? So we can also go back to Joseph. Joseph had God, but Joseph had people in prison with him. He had relationships, right? Because that's the part that I don't want us to miss out on, whereby we often think that we can go on this walk and we are just talking to God solely. Absolutely, 100%. That's where everything starts with. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's also that relationship with God and relationship with other human beings, because sometimes God will speak through them. Sometimes God will send us inspiration through them. Sometimes God will answer our prayers through them. So I think for me, overall, if I were to summarize this story of Joseph and and David, it's kind of like, be obedient to God, even when you don't know what the outcome will be. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that love you. And also be vulnerable. <laughs> Dude, be vulnerable. If you're feeling not so good today, say you're not feeling not so good. Because again, this journey is a day-by-day activity. This is not like, yo, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hoop out for 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 next week. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take you off next week today. And next month today no no no. this is a daily walk Yeah, this is a daily activity whereby you are practicing and you're improving
0: yeah yeah no man i couldn't have said it better myself and to kind of close this out just want to read james 1 and it brings so much hope and it says in verse 2 consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything." And we know that in that is not perfection, but in that is a day-by-day growth to where God walks with us, He holds our hand, and He allows us to reach new levels in life and new levels in just our faith with Him. So. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Wow. It's been amazing. This is episode two of Day By Day, and uh, we're excited to grow with you guys as God is growing with us. Um, Yeah, man, we appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have a good day.
0: Have a good one, guys. Until next time. I don't have it all figured out i've been taking it day by day i tell myself get out the way i'ma let you handle it somehow you've been working it out Yeah.